Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or best left in the past. I'm Tristan. And I'm Greg. We're, we're in different rooms, in different homes. We're back in lockdown, man. We're back. We are back in lockdown. Can you believe it? I mean, I can and I can't. Yeah, <laughs> it is one of those things. We had it all. We were the poster child for a success story amongst a many Many stories of failure, many, many cities on lockdown. Australia was out and about walking the streets, high-fiving. Kangaroos. Kangaroos and fighting crocodiles and, you know, all the typical stuff we do day to day until COVID's back. Shit. It's the Delta strain. The Delta strain. So that's obviously got ties to Chuck Norris. So we just need Chuck Norris to donate plasma. Chuck Norris is the vaccine. Yeah, or the spreader. Anyway, we'll try to keep things as normal. Uh, we're, we record these things a week ahead, so by the time you hear this, it's uh, for our Sydney listeners, you're already a week into lockdown. Mm. hope you guys are hanging in there. It's a mm. bit shit. So let's hang out and talk about movies. Why not? Yeah. And we're talking about Jaws today, a big one. Huge movie. Big fucking movie. Absolutely. Wow. 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 I don't have the buttons in front of me. Oh, sorry. I'll press them. Wow. There you go. Thank you. That. It comes through very clearly. <laughs> it's like Owen's there. Hello, Owen. So I've heard, I don't know if you've been watching Loki yet on the Disney Plus. I have. But obviously, yeah, you have. It has friend of the show, Owen Wilson, in it, obviously. Wow. But the uh, the old showrunner there says that he's not going to have Owen Wilson say wow in it. Fair enough. So It's not really fair enough, is it? I take that back. It's not fair enough at all. The boycott of Disney Plus starts... Now, this is bullshit. Starts, take it away, our wow. freedoms. Starts. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> They've taken our freedoms, you know. It starts with wows. Where does it, where does it end? Uh, where does it end? I heard, um, I heard his colleague uh, do an impersonation of him. I didn't think it was very good. Can I just? Yeah, okay. So this, this guy, Tom Hiddleston, he, he's, he's fine. Sure. He seems like a nice guy. Yeah. But um, I saw him on Graham Norton. No, Graham Norton. Yeah, I saw him on Graham Norton once okay. doing all these impressions, and they were the worst impressions I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, he has others. He did a Christopher Walken. He did Christopher Walken, and it was just like, oh, "I'm Christopher Walken over here." Like it was just terrible. Like worse than that even. <laughs> I think a while ago, maybe a year ago, in an episode, I said, "Can we just have the celebrities stop doing impressions of each other now? Because most of them suck." And I think it was that, that yeah, that that triggered it because it's shit. I don't need to see anyone else do Christopher Walken. I'm like, it's just a. I'm open to them when they're doing things. Yeah, on Jimmy Fallon, and it's like fucking. Give me your Walken yeah, dance monkey. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't mm. like that. I don't like it. Yeah, fair enough. And I can totally see why this guy triggered it because, you know, this is this is your colleague. You, you know, he should know this yeah. guy well. He was more like a surfy. He sounded like a generic surfy guy. It's not this simpler. Um, you know, like, it's just not your, 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 your natural state. Um, you know, it, you know it, it's the unspoken truth of humanity that, uh, that you know, you crave subjugation. So, hey Greg, before we get into the, into the show, something we mean to do every week but we forget because we're so damn excited about the movies and the Expo 88s and whatnot 
is shout out to listeners of the show and and how you can help support the show. Uh, in lieu of us having something like a Patreon and whatnot, what helps us a lot is reviews on Apple Podcasts. So if, if you haven't left a review on Apple Podcasts yet, you're a friend of the show, we'd love oh, if yeah. you could leave us a little review there. It helps the old Apple algorithm there. It helps other people like you find us there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it would help us a lot. It would help yeah, us a lot. Good point. Yeah. Good point you make, Tristan. It's very astute yeah. of you. Would you mind? Uh, it's very astute on your part. Yeah. Oh, and on another note, on the, uh, on the old YouTube there, on the, the Pop Critic channel, there's a few bit, new bits and pieces of content up there if you haven't checked for a while. Uh, stuff on the more humorous side, some, some little edits I've made with uh, some of our favourite pictures, uh-huh. namely Commando, Big, uh, what else? Rocky 2, no, Rocky 4. And, you know, it's a good time, so check it out. Please do. Um, but we're not here to talk about that. We're not here to talk about that, are we, Greg? We're not. We're, going to, we're talking about Jaws. Um, yeah. Most of you would have heard of Jaws in some way, shape or form. Um, mm. It came out in 1975, Tristan, 1975. It's a new year. Yeah, true. But it's well before, you know, our time. It's the best part of a decade older than you. Yeah. Um, you know, not much more than that for me. Carry the two, seven, repeat. <laughs> it, it's, it's a long time ago. Yeah. So rather than going into a little member berry that isn't really a member berry for us, I thought I'd just like, you know, spice a little, you know, info. It's a bit of info on what was going on back in 75. Uh-huh. You know, as it might pertain to our show. You know, the, you know some of the themes we talk about. So I, mm. I'll tell you a few of the toys. Kids are playing with Mr. Potato Head. Oh, hey. Kids are playing Vin Scrabble. Diesel. Vin Diesel, yes. He was yeah. probably born back here. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Easy Bake Oven. Uh, Malibu Barbie. Not Malibu Stacy. Malibu Barbie was a oh, thing. Oh, they came out around this time. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in terms of cultural events, the thriller in Manila, obviously uh, some kind of boxing mm. fight machine there. Uh, I think the Vietnam War ended pretty big, pretty big. Wow. Big. Saturday Night Live debuted for the first time, had its dub it. Oh, there you go. There you go. And a couple of birthdays for you. Uh, Kate Winslet. Really? Angelina Jolie. Really? Bradley Cooper. Really? Others. They're a bit older than I thought. Well, I mean, not that old. Is it? What's 70? It's like late 40s. Well, there's been a lot of celebrities lately where they're younger than I think. Oh, so yeah? I'm, I'm, I'm almost happy to hear that those guys are born in 75. Makes like me happy. Who? Like pretty much any new famous Zendaya? person. Zendaya? Yeah, she's can you believe it? She's Timothy Chalamet? Yeah, Timothy Chalamet. Spider-Boy? Looks... <laughs> Spider-Boy. What's his name? I mean, even like Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt's younger than us, I think. Yeah. Every professional athlete on the planet, every, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, every professional athlete. Um, so a big year then. A lot of things, a lot of seeds planted in 1975. Yeah, there was a bit going on. There was a bit going on. Big going on in the movie department too. Yeah, too tough. Um, quite quite a few movies. Some near and dear to our hearts. One flew over oh, yeah? the cuckoo's nest. Oh, 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 dog day afternoon. Really? Return of the Pink Panther, and then other classics like the Apple Dumpling Gang. Oh, yep. Um, <laughs> you know what's fascinating is 
every movie we do, every year we cover, I look at the the top charts of the movies for the year and there's a long list and it cuts off at 200 so often I have to find other resources to find where Jean-Claude Van Damme movies lie. But um, yeah. for this year, there's only 25. Wow. So you release a movie in, in 75, you're in the top 25, baby. Wow. I'm liking being closer to the buttons. I could get used to this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, so in terms of the top five, why don't I go through the top five? Number five, the fifth biggest movie in the world in 1975 was The Return of the Pink Panther. Number four was Dog Day Afternoon. Number three, Shampoo. Number two, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's <laughs> Nest. But number one, I think we know it, the first movie to ever cross 230 million domestically, Jaws. Jaws came out in June of 1975, a budget of $9 million, gross return of $472 million. Huge. It's That's a real wow. That's some. They invented Romy. Wow. They invented Romy. They invented the summer blockbuster. More on that later. But yeah. summer wasn't a movie time. Okay, Rotten Tomatoes, critic score of 98%, audience score of 90%, critical consensus Compelling, well-crafted storytelling and a judicious sense of terror. Would you say the sense of terror was judicious? Interesting. Uh, yes. It's like this, this was written by a wine taster. It's bold on the palate. <laughs> a judicious sense of terror ensures Steven Spielberg's Jaws has remained a benchmark in the art of delivering modern blockbuster thrills. It's hard to argue with that except for the parts I don't understand. Yeah. Apparently it's still up, if you adjust for inflation, it's still up there in the top whatever films. Um, I couldn't find the latest, 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 and there's been a few big ones in the last couple of years, but let's say ball, ballpark top 10 to 15. And this um, is obviously an MCU film. It's Marvel. It's yeah, part yeah. of the Marvel Connected Universe. It's part of the Marvel Universe. Oh, Greg's making a little personal joke there. We've been, it's a bit of a learning curve on the old TikTok. We've been posting on the TikTok, and there's a lot of idiots on there, as it turns out. <laughs> They like to make stupid like to comments without reading troll. what was actually trolls. written. I think they were just legitimate idiots. But you know what? Uh, we rise we rise above. They go low, we go high. Um, was this a big movie for you, Greg? Uh, yes. Yeah? This, this was real big. So the franchise was huge for me growing up. I was obsessed with yeah. sharks as a, as a, as a kid um, mm. and probably still a little bit. Like I'd, I had a stack of shark books that I'd, you know, from the age of about five or six that I would just read cover to cover, you know, picture books. Um, yeah, right. National Geo type things. Um, I was constantly um, heckling my parents to take me to the aquarium. I was just genuinely kind of obsessed with them. And it was sharks specifically. It wasn't just like Andadasi. It was sharks. Shark sharks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. wow. So I'm, I've got a decent amount of knowledge still from my <laughs> early days on uh, shark obsession. Yeah, right. And then these movies were big. Like they were the later ones probably when I was younger were bigger. Uh, yeah. One and two yeah. always kind of blended into one movie for me. Um, it's like uh, there's a few movies like that. I don't remember Die Hard 2 and I don't remember Jaws 2. Jaws 2, I, I used to get the the two sort of critical killing bits where – 
Um, in the second one, he gets electrocuted. I used to get that confused with the first one because it's not oh, too Oh, yeah, when he's hitting the yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah, I was expecting that. He's hitting something with a paddle to attract him, I think, right? Yeah. Is that in the Jaws yeah, 2? Yeah, I think it's 2. See, I've got a more. I wanted to up. watch it. Yeah, because I, um, I'm similar. I So I did watch this early, early, early days. It is yeah. perhaps one of my earliest memories ever. Yeah, wow. That's because cool. Because it was my uh, Jaws 1 was on the TV when I was – when me and my sister were with my mum and my stepdad at like her friend's dinner party. And yeah. so it was just on TV and we were like on the couch and I mean, there were probably a couple other kids there or whatever. And just hanging out watching Jaws. Yeah. And something for the, uh, for the Aussies on the line. My mum's friend who, whose house we were at was an Australian actor, um, John Walton, I believe. He was on Heartbreak High and a few other things. But one of his Walton. friends was, was Gary Sweet. Oh. And I don't know if I remember this exactly right or if it's just love Gary Sweet evolved in my memory over the years. But I'm pretty sure he was like, oh, what are your kids watching? And, you know, yada, yada, yada. Because my mum afterwards was yeah. like, that was Gary Sweet. And I'm like, I don't know who that is. But then once police I became rescue. obsessed with police rescue. Oh, my goodness. I was obsessed with him. Yeah, I was obsessed too. Police rescue was the one night a week I was allowed to stay up and watch he something was, at 8.30. Oh, that's good. It was ABC, wasn't it? Yeah. He was, was basically show. Aussie Bruce Willis in my mind. Yeah, yeah. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But I was very young, and it scared the shit out yeah. of me. I didn't see it all. I didn't see it all. But the, even just the hand that they find, yeah, just that hand haunted my nightmares. Literally haunted my nightmares. I was like fucked up for a while. I didn't. Yeah. Even, I wasn't even scared of sharks necessarily. It was literally just the idea of a a hand being. I was that young that just seeing the hand was f- really fucked with me. And so I didn't rewatch it for ages. Yeah, it wasn't fuck. Uh, yeah, I found out in the in the research for this. It's wow, a scary that's film. Weird. It is for scary. all the right reasons. Yeah, like it hits hard. We'll get into that. But um, but then yeah. So for for all the reasons you might expect, I didn't revisit it too soon. But the ones I did end up revisiting first were three and four, I think. And now that you yeah, mentioned it, maybe two weird. because I remember the paddle thing. Mm. And I thought there were. All my memories I thought were Jaws the Revenge, the fourth one, but I was watching the trailers today and then I realised, oh, no, there were different ones because there's one at the, the water park. Yeah, and that's, that's Jaws three. three. And, they, and in four they kind of pretend that one never happened. Right. It just kind but, of, in four, you know. but in four they do think that sharks are, you know, premeditated and, and seek revenge it's, for fallen loved ones. It's Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All it needed was some high-waisted pleated pants. Jean-Claude Van Damme could have played the shark in that one. You'd have to change the script so he was the protagonist, though, and he'd have to get a sad-eyed shark. He'd need eyebrows because, <laughs> you know. Hey, um, I also read the book of this one. No, did you? Which isn't something I think I've ever said on this podcast <laughs> no, ever. Me neither. It's something I've longed to say. I mean, and I'm I always it, like, look, cocktail. Half the time we do Actually, these Cocktail movies. was a book, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a book. Half the time <laughs> we do example. these movies and then I find out they're based on a book and then I feel so guilty typing into Google differences between the book and the movie, whereas we've got an expert right here now. I'm not even going to look at my notes on that one. <laughs> yeah, we can, we'll touch on it later, I guess, but I would say it was a very long time ago. I think I read it at school, at high school. Right. I read um, when the I only time read. I've ever done that. Oh, no, I've done it for uh, Blade Runner. I did it for Blade Runner at uni. 
and a clockwork oh, orange, but that was yeah. Cause I sorry, had to it wasn't a it. yeah, it wasn't a school text. I just happened to be at school when I read it. Yeah, that's impressive. The only time I've done it when it wasn't a school text was the other way around. I read the novelization of Jurassic Park. <laughs> you know when they do the book based <laughs> on the movie, but it's it based on a book. <laughs> it was based on a book. Billy and the Clonosaurus, right? <laughs> yeah, I believe so. But yeah, I read the book based on the movie based on the book. Yeah. It took me a day and I'm a slow reader. So yeah, that, that says a lot. <laughs> nice. So a big movie in many ways. Oh, but dude, so wait, you, we had a similar thing in starting with the later ones, but eventually you circled back to the original? Yeah, I did. And then yeah. for for a number of years, I think like in my 20s, I used to watch this once a year and I'd watch it before at the foot of summer. So I'd watch it in like December. Yeah, right. I just had this running gag with myself that it made beach going more entertaining. <laughs> my um, my stepdad, I'm pretty sure, has never watched yeah, it yeah, as yeah. a surfer guy. It's not for surfers. At Narrabeen. And he yeah, just won't watch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you want to get into the origin story? Let's do it. Origin story. So, as you pointed out there, Greg, it's based on a book. I looked it up, it was 278 pages. Now, does that count as a novella? I mean, for the pod, I'd like to say yes, but for my reading repertoire, I would say no. Yeah. But no. a novella is more of a mindset. <laughs> so it was written, it, it was published in 1974, but um, the timeline's a bit funky because it basically they, the rights got bought before the book even came out, but I'll get into that. So 1974 is officially when it got published. It was written by Peter Benchley. Mm-hmm. And the book, if you, if you recall, Greg, there were a few differences. In It sounds like, and you, maybe keep me honest, you may not remember all the specifics, but as I say these things, let me know if this rings true. Uh, an overarching thing they pointed out was that the characters were less likeable overall. Yeah. yeah. It was, so do you want me to sort of touch on that now? Yeah, why not? So I don't remember a great deal of the story. The difference is yeah. like it's obviously a richer story. It's a book. It's That's yeah. always the way. Yeah. The differences I make were, I remember were, well, they just go into a lot more background into the characters. So you like yeah. Judd, um, Chief Brody has this whole sort of backstory about he was a poor guy and he used to go there on holidays but he was the poor kid. Uh, yeah, right. He, but he was the poor kid and like there was this whole thing about he wanted a Lacoste shirt because that yeah. was like a sign of, um, I guess, affluence. And so he, you know, worked all his time to get a Lacoste shirt and then he got it and he thought he was a phony and so he made it a – he washed his car with it. So there was all these I like I think I did that except I didn't wash my car with it. I thought I'd made it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wore it with pride. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so he had a heaps richer backstory. And there was a lot yeah. more tension in his relationship with his wife, and she she goes she cheated on, to, on him. Sh- yeah, right? with 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 scruffy hair, Dreyfus. Yeah, Dreyfus. As if you, as if no offense, Mister Dreyfus, but you're not going to duck out for you know hamburger when you got filet mignon at home. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so there was there was a lot more, obviously, a lot more backstory that sort of and oh, and, the, and I think the mayor was. Pushed by the mafia or the local yeah. organized crime instead of the instead of the um, local shopkeep who wanted yeah. to sell a few more pluggers over over Fourth of July weekend. Exactly. So yeah, yeah that, right? that sounds like most of what I what I found, and just overall a lot of that stuff, a lot more of that stuff 
not that the shark was in the background, but it was there was just a lot more of that stuff in the foreground, I suppose. And um, yeah, the the politics around the local economy and that kind of stuff, yeah, was was a it was just more of it. It sounds yeah, like. just like richer. Yeah, yeah, as and they, they tend and, to do. And the three dudes, Brody, Hooper, and Quint, there was more straight up hated each other. Well, one of them banged his wife, so fair enough. But yeah, that'll, the, the that'll time drive of the boat, hate. Yeah, in yeah. most instances. <laughs> so there was less of that come together moment on the boat and more of just ongoing tension. And less of a climactic finish for the shark. It just sort of eventually sunk and succumbed Not to its wound, wounds, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now exploding. Yeah. But needless to say, there was enough in there for this to sound like a great idea for a moving picture. And um, a couple of film producers by the name of Richard Zanuck and David Brown first came across this in a magazine article promoting it that said this very thing, might make a good movie. And they thought, that gives me an idea, this might make a good movie. It's very swift, isn't it? It's swift. They both read the book that night and then they decided this would make a good movie. Who reads a book in a night? (laughs) Yeah, not me. (laughs) Nor I. Well, they say if, it, if they read it twice, they probably wouldn't have made the movie. Too much, too hard to make. And more on that later. But uh, boom, bish, bash, bosh, you guys have, no, there's a bit more. Um, they purchased the rights <laughs> then and there. Before it even got published, they purchased the rights in 1973, if you recall it came out in 1974, for $175,000, which is, if you adjust for inflation, that's basically a milli. Yeah, Cold a milli, a milli, million milli. Dollars. Damn. That's. With inflation, that's one of the big price it? tags, isn't it? What the basic instinct was the record that we came across, wasn't it? Yeah, I can't remember what that, that was. No, no, I feel I like that I, was a million bucks or something. I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah. Sorry, continue. Um, and it wasn't so much a you know this is an interesting one in terms of the director, Mr. Steven Steven Spielberg. We've talked about him a couple of times before. What did we talk? Oh, Indiana Jones. Yeah. Story by. Story by. And you know he's he's such sort of a legend of the of the cinema, a legend of the mm. moving pictures, a a a demigod, an omnipresent figure yeah. that just has always been and always will be. That you forget that this wasn't just his thing that he invented back in the day. He was mm. quite late to the party. There were a few yeah. pre-directories because he was just a kid. There were a few pre-directies. Yeah. So there how was, old was uh, he? Do you know how old he was at this point? He was twenty six when they were making it. 26. Yeah. yeah. And he'd only made two movies before that. The Sugarland Express was his first theatrical release and Duel. Yeah. About the Duel guy was in the his truck. like, yeah, yeah, that was big, That was a TV it? movie. Yeah, that was a TV, TV movie. movie. And that he was basically, that was kind of his angle when he came across the script because he, he did um, Sugarland Express for those same producers, saw this book in their office and was like, you're making that movie? I could make that movie. Jewel is the blueprint for that movie. It's a truck, it's a shark, it's the same. I got this, I got this, let me make it. Damn, but 26. Yeah, but at the time they had offered it to uh, a director called Dick Richards. Um, so I assume his real name's Richard Richards? Yeah. So his parents are hilarious, good on him. And speaking of <laughs> hilarious, this guy... <laughs> This guy, he kept calling. So he's in. The, he's make. He's like close to making the movie, 
and he's talking about it. And he's like, yeah, and then, you know, the whale over there goes in there. And, and they're like, oh, my God, it's a whale over there. He kept saying whale. <laughs> he's a Moby Dick like, you know, Yeah, and it's like, you know, it's a shark, right? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, a, fish, a big fish. Okay, Man, he got arms? He, no, it's got fins, so it's a whale. Yeah, they parted ways because he kept calling it a whale. <laughs> That's the funniest shit I ever heard. And for all the reasons we just mentioned, they eventually let a young Spielberg have it because he, he did kind of, he made the prototype. Jewel was the prototype and actually fun piece of trivia for you. He even repurposed the sound of the truck being destroyed in the movie into the sound that the shark makes when it's dying. That feels a, a little bit, bit self-indulgent. Well, the the sound of the truck dying was actually uh, sampled from a scream that was from the Creature of the Black Lagoon film. So there's all these layers here, Greg. Layers upon pretentious layers. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it is. Oh, they're they're the best TikToks that I've found so far. Me too. This is the all these sample things. Sample TikToks a good thing. He's the Kanye West of his day. This Spielberg. Mm, Yeah, yeah, he is. So he's on to direct. They let him direct. And they also had agreed as part of the deal with Peter Benchley, the writer of the book, that he would be able to write the first draft. He ended up writing three drafts, but he couldn't make these characters likable. I think he struggled a little bit. That was one of the first things, like, well, we need to make these characters more likable. And he tried. And it sounds like he was struggling in the translating it from book to, to screenplay and how to give these characters a bit more life. And so Spielberg brought in a few other writers and there seems to be quite a few and it's quite complicated, but I'll cut to the chase. The main one was a, was a sitcom writer named Carl Gottlieb who worked on The Odd Couple. Okay. The original Odd Couple, yeah. And he was initially brought in to just punch up dialogue but ended up being basically credited as a screenwriter. So there's, there's two screenwriters credited, Peter Benchley, and Carl Gottlieb. So that's kind of cool. Interesting. Kind of cool. And I think that brings the light, you know. That brings the light of the, the banter, the sort of the, the niceness that is threaded in just the right parts. Not that this is a comedy or anything by any means, but there's enough there to make this yeah. feel like a likeable crowd. Yep. Agree. There's, some, there's just little moments. It's important, isn't it? What is life tension but a collection of moments? Yeah, tension cutters. You're right. You're right. Um, let's talk about casting. Uh-huh. So they didn't want big names. They wanted more anonymous people like me, you know. They, uh, they don't want distractions. Which character would you have played? Which character would I have played? I think yeah. I would have maybe been um, Hooper. Really? Duval. I feel like you're more of a… Not Duval. Probably more of a Brody, really. Yeah. I feel like I feel like you'd be Brody out of this mix. Who would you be? The shark? Yeah, probably probably the shark. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they didn't want big names. And you know what? Why don't they do that more? That's a whole other that's been a rant, I suppose, bubbling in the back of my mind. Is why don't they have more nobodies? Because isn't that the whole point to lose yourself in a film? There's okay, there's movies where you got the name above the title and that's part of the draw card. But there's surely a lot of movies that would benefit from more nobodies. Oh, like yeah. The Wire. The Wire, a big part of The Wire oh. was you never saw these people before. And, and it turns out they're all bloody English. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, what a plot twist. <laughs> we need more of it. We need more. Yeah. And yeah. there's so many actors out there. Give them a chance. You know, it's like a, all the things we complain about, about, you know, 1% of the population of the world controlling 99% of the wealth. 
it's that times a million in the actors community. There's homeless oh, actors out there because they can't get a role. Give yeah. people fucking roles. Anyway, mm. sorry. sorry. No, it's a good rant. I'm yeah. fully endorsed. Good. It's very astute on your part. It was very astute on your part. So, yeah, they wanted, they wanted, for lack of a better word, nobodies um, because there was talk of Robert Duvall earlier who'd already done Godfather, so he was a name. Charlton Heston wanted in, but he was too famous, so they're like, no, 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 no. And then Mr. Roy Scheider apparently overheard Spielberg talking about the shark jumping onto the boat at a party and was like, hey, what's this now, a shark on a boat? Uh, I want to get in on this. And he was a bit yeah. like, oh, I don't know at first because he had just been in the French Connection and was a bit of like a tough, tough guy. And um, he was a little unsure, but, you know, he got the role, as we all know. Um, yeah. uh, the other two guys in the trio took a bit longer and it was even up to nine days before they fucking started shooting that they, they still didn't have these guys. But eventually they cast Robert Shaw as Quint. An actor I don't know a lot about, but he passed away just a few years after this movie came out, unfortunately. Mm. Um, I mean, he was pretty amazing. Yeah, he was great. Great. Yeah. And then for Hooper, there was talk of John Voight, Kevin Klein, and Jeff Bridges. But um, George Lucas suggested Dreyfus, Richard Dreyfus, who he just directed in American Graffiti. So there you have it. Okay. Uh, you, you got a deal. So they all head down to Martha's Vineyard. And they they do they it's um you know they make a movie pish bash bosh ah plot twist not so much a smooth pish bash bosh because they had these mechanical sharks that wouldn't fucking work so what yeah. was supposed to be a fifty five day shoot took one hundred and fifty nine days <laughs> but the silver lining Greg what comes out of what do we like about constraint the creativity that emerges yeah the creativity you know, there's there's a lot of revisionist history sometimes where you, people say you know what's great about Jaws Spielberg is a master of of restraint, less is more. But they did that just because the shark wasn't working. It wasn't necessarily a creative choice at the time. So you see so little of the shark because it worked so little of the time. And yeah, that ended up what was, what was so great about the movie. It it's a young Spielberg too. Yeah, and it's a young Spielberg, so he's probably learning that lesson in real time. It's not that he went in an expert. Because it's not a, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a Hitchcock type thing right like yeah psycho or well the birds are in birds aren't they they're there <laughs> they're there uh but yeah. Yeah, like the the notion of you know not seeing the shark for the first hour and 20 minutes or whatever it is kind yeah. of, it makes it it really does make the movie like it imagine does. that thing splashing around from the first one it'd be like jaws 4 <laughs> yeah it'd be a horror yeah. film but maybe not but maybe it's exaggeration but like not seeing the shark for all those shots really builds attention. Like it, it really does make the film. 100%. And even when we did Spawn last week, one of the things, you know, the creative Spawn, Todd McFarlane, was saying he wants to make a new movie but make it more like Jaws where you see less yeah. of him, yada, yada, yada. It's definitely one of um, – there's been a few Godzilla movies now but the one that was the first in this new batch of Godzilla movies – it didn't show much of him at all and people were likening it to Jaws and it was quite well done because by the time you do see him fully was that, going nuts, it's Was that the one with um, Brian Cranston? Yeah. Yeah, the one that was actually in Japan as well. Like, it was kind of cool. I think it, it was, was quite cool. It's like, yeah, it's quite cool. Um, I haven't seen the latest one though. I'm pretty sure the latest one is basically the equivalent of Jaws 4. Just yeah. 
Taking the same trajectory as Fast and Furious, Vin Diesel. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we met in the middle of that one. Um, but eventually they figured it out and a lot of greatness came from that constraint. But in saying that, while they were shooting it, it didn't feel so great. Um, <laughs> Richard Dreyfus talks about, you know, he thought it was a piece of shit. <laughs> he's like, oh, no, I've really fucking done it this time because he'd just come off something he wasn't happy with and he's like, I've fucking ruined my career right now. Spielberg wasn't getting along with a lot of people. Um, it was just a lot of tension on the set. Well, and he yeah, left. and look, you know, tension can bring out the worst in you and if you're a young director and things aren't going your way, exactly. I get it, man. I would he be left angry. before the final shot. He, like, let them set up the final shot and he got the fuck out of there because he'd heard they were going to throw him in the water and he thought everyone hated him and he's like, I just need to get out of here and I need to leave this thing behind me. Right. And then it's interesting. I guess it makes sense. When you think about, like, podcast is very different but some similar principles apply. Sometimes you, th- you think about a movie director and you think they go on set and they direct all these things and the movie's made when they rap. But really you're just out there collecting footage. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And you kind of don't know what you got until you get in the editing suite. So I guess that's maybe what he was feeling is, is I've got all this stuff. Is it going to make a good movie? It would probably and be it harder to trust the process as, as a younger director as well, right? Yeah, and you probably don't have all the digital shit of being able to watch all the dailies all the time. Like it's probably so much easier now to get a sense of how things Where are shaping going. up. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. man, I cut you off. No, no, that's all good. Um, bish bash bosh, you got yourself a movie rap party down at down at the old um, where are they? Amity Milk Bar, Amity Tavern, Amity Tav, yeah, down at the Tav. I like yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> there is a creature alive today who has survived millions of years of evolution without change, without passion, and without logic. It lives to kill. A mindless eating machine. It will attack and devour anything. It is as if God created the devil and gave him jaws. This is Universal's extraordinary motion picture version of Peter Benchley's best-selling novel, Jaws. I just found out that a girl got killed here last week. And you knew it. You knew there was a shark out there. You knew it was dangerous. But you let people go swimming anyway. Barracuda. Everybody says, huh? What? You yell shark. We've got a panic on our hands on the 4th of July. Is it true that most people get attacked by sharks in three feet of water, about 10 feet from the beach? None of man's fantasies of evil can compare with the reality of Jaws. Roy Scheider. Robert Shaw, Richard Dreyfuss, Jaws, 
See it before you go swimming. Different, vo- different VO there. It's a different time. It was uh, the 70s. That was Mr. Percy Rodriguez. Yeah. Look, he probably fitted the style at the time. Yeah, yeah. It was his choice. They wanted it to be more scary VO and he, he decided it needed to be more sort of, I don't know the word he used. Shark hating? <laughs> yeah. It's anti-shark propaganda. <laughs> Far out. <laughs> That really sums it up, doesn't it? It what really this film is. Did for sharks, <laughs> <laughs> which we'll talk about, I'm sure. Oh yeah, I got a bit on that. Oh my god, do I? Um, before we get into our initial thoughts, Greg, for friends on the line who are uh, you know perhaps haven't watched this in a while, yeah, what, okay. What actually happened in this movie? Um, yeah, okay. So we kind of all know the premise of Jaws. I'll just you know. Fill in a few gaps for those, yeah, as you say, that haven't seen it for a while. A small island community is prepping for its busy summer period. Fourth of July weekend is around the corner. And there's a new sheriff in town. He's a mainlander, married a local girl, moved back to the island with the kids. But there's a problem, Tristan. People are dying in the waters. Brody knows it's a shark. We know it's a shark. Richard Dreyfus turns up with this little beard thing. He knows it's a shark. But the mayor and the business owners of Amity Island are reluctant to close the beaches and cut off their window of financial gain for the season. And the shark keeps killing. Now, Jaws has been labelled an environmental signpost, an allegory <laughs> for greed, capitalism versus human conservation. And even recently, comparisons have been drawn to Jaws and how we might overcome coronavirus. Yeah. (laughs) But at its heart, Jaws is just a story about a couple of blokes trying to kill a big shark that's eating everyone. Yeah. (laughs) Some big-ass Jaws on it. Big-ass Jaws. How was the rewatch for you? Uh, The rewatch, man, it was beautiful. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I love this movie, man. Like, this is a certified top ten, potentially top five film for me. Wow, okay. Yeah, I freaking love this movie. Um, Just as soon as it was on, I just love everything about it. I love the characters, the story, just the little moments that, you know, you touched on um, when you were talking about the the two, uh, I guess, script doctors they had on. Yeah. Apparently, there's a lot of improv as well. There's a lot of improv. Yeah, there's. Well, I'm going to need a bigger. We're going to need a bigger boat. Is improv, which is arguably the most famous line in the film. And I think the scene with the hand gestures when Roy Scheider and his son. Yeah, that was just like a spur of the moment thing. Apparently, that was happening off camera a lot. The little guy who played his son was used to mimic him, and then they really liked it, and so they they just said, "Let's roll. Let's catch that." It had a bit of that Goonies energy. Remember when Goonies were talking about how that's actually how kids act? And it felt like that not just for the kids in this movie but all the humans. It's like, oh, this they feel like real people. They felt quite – people are talking over each other and it's a little bit messy and chaotic yeah. in a way that makes it feel like, oh, this is like real. This is just yeah. real humans being real humans. But, yeah, to be honest, I was a little worried going into the rewatch. Not worried. I was more like not that excited. Interesting. Did just I pick because this one? It's, yeah, you picked this one 
It's what? not that I don't like. Do you remember what I like, made me pick it? I can't remember. I can't remember. I think it's just because mm. you like it. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, but I. It's winter. I would. I would. Yeah. Good point. Maybe that's why some escapism. I was. I was worried. It's one of those movies that I. I wasn't sure how rewatchable it would be because I know it's like a perfect movie. Yeah. Okay. Technically, but you know, sometimes there's movies that are perfect. But there's not much driving you to rewatch it because it's like I don't know. Is there still going to be tension if I know how it all pans out? Like I've never rewatched Old Country, New, No Country for Old Men. I love that movie, but I've never okay. like really. So there's some movies I, I was, thought it might be like that where I'm going to sit down and I'm, I, I will intellectually agree that it's good, but will I enjoy myself? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know. I, I know this. I know the sentiment you mean. You're like, yeah, oh, yeah. That's, that, that's a great movie. I could watch it, but I'm not really in the mood. Yeah. Yeah. For a smart movie. But I was mostly wrong. Like I enjoyed yeah. it a lot more than I thought. It hit a lot harder than I thought it would. Yeah. I, I guess I hadn't watched it really since I was relatively a kid, at the latest teens. And so I, I didn't really remember all of the politics of the small town's economy yeah. and that stuff. You I know, kind of which, that was even a Which factor. kind of makes the film, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's what it's about. Yeah, yeah. And the characters are so good. Yeah, like that's just a big part. A big part of the enjoyment is getting to know these guys. They're like pretty interesting people. Yeah. And it's hard hitting. Like when the kid died, <laughs> I forgot that like they let a kid die. They don't, you don't usually let kids die yeah. in movies. Man, it was a kid. And then I assume yeah. she's like a single mom. Was she like, the, you know, that's the, the, yeah. sort of, that's the way they portrayed it. Side oh. note, speaking of how about allegory meets real life, The that mother died of, COVID this year, last year, 2020. Oh. But she was like 90, but still. Well, she looked about yeah. 90. I, I couldn't quite make sense of how she had a 12-year-old, 7-year-old. She looked about I thought, 60. I, I thought so long about that. And then I, I eventually went full circle of, I guess that's just. The style of the time? <laughs> well, or just like, I don't know, a choice. It's just a bit random and sometimes Mums are a bit older <laughs> versus being some, I don't know, perfect 30-year-old what looks like a typical mum. But, yeah, it was, it was interesting. Yeah. Um, it was noted, yeah, right? the, the fact that they, The fact that they let a kid die, I was so oh. shocked. And it hit, it hit hard. Oh. It must have hit you even harder. little inflatable thing. Oh. Yeah. It's bad and, enough um, watching a teen girl die. Yeah. And it was pretty brutal. Like it wasn't – that part wasn't super graphic technically but it felt – very visceral. Well, the beauty of that was once that had happened, all bets were off. Like every scene yeah. after that, you're like, oh, God, not the kids in the boat. Not Come on, not the captain's, not the chief's kid. He's like, he's, you know, he's a kid, but oh, well, yeah. it can happen. And I was listening to a podcast a while ago on this movie and they made a point, what podcast? I think it was Unspooled about how, you know, modern horror movies often – they build up these characters to where they almost deserve to die or like you're going to enjoy watching them die. Mm. Whereas in this it is, there is, it's just. You didn't know them. Random and they don't deserve it. <laughs> like it feels, you watch like Final Destination and stuff and it's like you watch the asshole die and you're like, yeah, that's a crazy way to die. You're almost like cheering them on. And in this it's like, wait, no, what? He's a kid. All bets are off. You're right. All bets are yeah. off. Yeah. Uh huh. Man. And oh, I didn't realize how much of the movie is just the three guys on the boat. 
How long is it? It's Did almost it? half the movie. It was an hour, there was a whole hour of them on the boat. Yeah. Well, they, they get on the boat. Act, act two. When there's an hour left. It's like a two-act movie almost, yeah. And it makes sense because I was getting to the point a little bit where I'm like, eh, it's a shark, so just don't go in the water. <laughs> so it's good. It's a smart move to then make this the whole second half of the movie on a boat because otherwise there's no tension really. Mm. Um, and it was getting a little bit borderline of like, I don't even know if I'm sympathetic to these parents anymore. Like just Idiots. don't let your kids go in the water because yeah. even Roy Scheider let his kid go in, oh, just go in the pond. Well, obviously it's still connected because the shark got in there. What the yeah. fuck? If you, why would you let your kid go in the water at all? And a couple of scenes earlier he wasn't even letting him sit in the boat on the dock. <laughs> yeah. So it's you're, just it doesn't make any bloody sense. Look, inconsistent parenting is, you know, it's, yeah. it's, 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 you, you know, it's not good for the kids. No, no. Yeah, how's he? The kid's never going to learn. Mm, might get eaten. Yeah, yeah. And so it does get to a point. If they did a two-hour movie where only the last fifteen minutes, stop looking at yourself. <laughs> if they did a two-hour movie where it was only the last fifteen minutes of the three guys on the boat, you would your patience, your sympathy would definitely run out because we're not talking about like Freddy Krueger here, where you have to sleep and it's inevitable. Like you don't have to go in the water. So it's it makes sense that they eventually. They eventually did it. Um, a couple of criticisms, though. Mm-hmm. They're not they're not big deals. They're not huge deals for me, Greg. But a couple of things. A, the weather didn't look all that good. <laughs> what do you mean? It looked. This didn't look like summer to me. I want to see a nice. It didn't look that sunny. I want to see a nice sunny beach day. Um, Interesting. I didn't notice that. Yeah, yeah. Is that Other purely on the skies, or would you have needed like a bit more? It just, everything just seemed a bit grey. It just seemed a bit grey. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And um, but I guess it shot for 157 days, so I guess um, there would have been some cold days amongst it. Uh, I mean, my only other piece is I would have really liked if Roy Scheider had a moustache. This feels like <laughs> would have suited there. The, yeah, it really would have worked there. I always thought his name was Roy Schneider as well, by the way. I... I was wondering because you did refer to him as Schneider in a, in did a I? chat earlier this week. So I was going to do that. Yeah, I was wondering if you were going to clock it before. I keep defaulting to Schneider. Yeah, I keep, I thought I you keep would. defaulting to Schneider. Because remember that, what that what was that show he was in? The water one, Sequest. Sequest. Could was be. that a TV show? Yeah, it was like Star Trek but water. Mm. I, I barely remember sea it. Sea Trek. I think there was a dolphin. Ocean There's Trek. A dolphin in there. Ocean Trek. Star Ocean. Um, did you notice the shooting stars, Greg? <laughs> I did not. So this is a bit weird. I thought it was a glitch in like the, I guess, Netflix. But you know sometimes when they convert these old things from film to digital, there can be some weird thing. I thought it was a weird thing and then there was a second one. There were literally two shooting stars in this movie and then I Googled it and a lot of people talk about it. And there's mixed shit out there. Some people say the first one was a real shooting star and the second one was a fake and it became like a thing that Spielberg has done ever since. And, you, hey, you made a good point with the relating it to the COVIDs because, man, it is pretty close because I, I was struggling early on in the movie a little bit with like how are they not going to close this beach? Are they really mm. going to prioritise the local economy over human lives? And then I realised, oh, yeah. <laughs> Of course they would. That's exactly what has happened. Yeah. Now. Yeah. 
It's interesting. It makes perfect sense. It is interesting. I I thought the shark aspect of that was interesting. Like it's you watch that. I don't know if it's an Australian thing, but you watch that and you go, how can you be so oblivious to a shark attack? Yeah. It's got this real Aussie she'll be right mentality, but that's like the one thing that we're not she'll be right about. Yeah, yeah. If there's a shark attack, people are like, yeah, no, 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 we're not. We're not. We're going to close that beach. No one's going to go in the water. No one wants yeah. to go in the water because you get eaten. Was, exactly. This is the thing. I can't remember in the movie if did the people know to word get out. Cause Somewhat because remember he's like, why isn't anyone going in the water? Right. Remember the mayor's down in his suit on the beach? That's right. Hustling yeah, people that's to go, right. go in the water. Mate, why don't you go in the water, Mr. Mayor? Yeah, fuck you. Put your money a, where your mouth is. You're in a is. suit yeah. on the beach. What kind of mayor of a beach yeah. town wears a suit to the beach? Don't you feel Don't you feel like a real piece of shit when you wear shoes on the beach if Say you ended up at the beach unplanned and you have to walk in your shoes. I feel I mean, like I'd take them lose. off. Oh, yeah, we'll and, take them and off. And carry them I can only like imagine a wearing a suit. Yeah, yeah. I can only imagine wearing a suit. Jesus. Like I'd rather wear my undies at the beach than a suit. Yeah. Uh, as per Heath Ledger in two hands. A hundred percent, exactly. It's a classy, it's a classy move. Two, two Christmases ago we had a, a, a Christmas lunch. And then we wanted to go yeah. over at Manly and we were a bit tipsy after the annual man lunch. And we wanted to go swimming, but, you know, we were in, you know, lunch and attire. So we just dropped into our Reg, Reg Grundies and, and went for a swim. You can probably get as far as a two block radius before that gets weird. Yeah, we, we had to push slightly further. Not too much. Oh, really? Well, just a little. Impressive. I mean, Lived, you know, maybe maybe three uh, or four okay. blocks back. Yeah, it was still wow. okay. It was still a summer manly vibe. It was okay. It was fine. <laughs> anyway, no suit <laughs> at the beach. Like he didn't even take his tie yeah. off. It was weird. Well, you kept your tie on though, right? When yeah, you jumped in the yeah, ocean yeah, in the Andes? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course. You've got to keep it classy. Yeah. Um, Christmas after In addition all. to the COVID, in addition to the COVID, as, as illuminated by the bloody – Stupid comments on TikTok. People, I glossed over it before, but basically people on TikTok seem to argue over the stupidest things, not even with us as the people that posted content, but amongst themselves in the comments. Yeah. Just calling each other idiots all the time. And they're both right on a certain level. <laughs> but yeah. they're just like, you're a fucking idiot. But zero oh, recognition that the other one could be also right on a level. Yeah. And what I like about this movie and something we could all learn from this movie is you've got these three guys and it's, they don't hate each other like in the book and granted he didn't fuck his wife, but, but. They're coming together. They, they come from three different ideologies, as a lot of us do these days, but they're the same team and they have to, to beat this beast, to beat this threat on the humanity. They have to come together and learn from each other and you know, complement each other's skill sets and, and, and mindsets and they share each other's scars, Greg. They show each other's scars because everyone's got scars. People end mm. up where they are because of the scars they've earned over mm. the years and that's the backstory and you've got to understand where, where people are coming from. And today it's all very much like you're an idiot. No, you're an idiot. Let's never talk about any bloody Common ground. thing constructive and let's just, if you're a if you're a Republican, you're a Nazi, and if you're a Democrat, you're a communist, and there's nothing in between, and we will never talk about anything. Yeah. I've had That's it great. That's the divisionist politics that have been playing out across um, a lot of the Western world over the last 15 years. Bullshit. Even. They just need to sit down and watch. They need to have a lock-in at the rec centre, watch Jaws, 
and then go, hey, we're not so different, you and I. Look, up, Check out my scars. But can we like somehow pepper in Ocean Ramsey into that conversation or some kind of shark conservationist? Because even, yeah. even the shark conservationist in this film. At no, <laughs> Kill it! <laughs> at no point offers any rhetoric around shark conservation <laughs> at any point. Oh, no, no, I'm a shark conversationalist. Yeah, he's like, I love sharks. Now let's, get, let's kill this I shark. I love talking about sharks. I've come here to kill this shark. Man, you know who is a shark conservationist? Peter Benchley. The author of the book. Yeah, how about that? He felt so bad about how this all led to the mistreatment of sharks that he became a massive activist for marine conservation. Yeah. There's even a Peter Benchley Award and there's a shark named after him. Some some weird shark, lantern shark or something called Etmopterus bench, Benchley-I, mm, something like that. I know that one. Yeah. But, you know, I was thinking because um, they need a, they do need a bit of a rebrand. They need to get those whoever did the bees because bees have completely done a 360, oh, not a 360, they'll be back where they started. The a 180. Bee, I love bees now. They're cute and cuddly. I used to be so terrified of bees. Mm, they were killer bees. But when... And we, but now they're, they're the bees that make the world go round. We need yeah, them. Yeah, if, if so the bees whoever, die, apparently mankind ceases to exist. Exactly, so we need them. Honey's the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, exactly. Honey of all things, they're the sweetest creatures. They give us honey and we what? We hate them because it, we stepped on one on a slip and slide once. Like, You've been sung by bees? guys. Yeah. I had no fear of bees when I was a kid and it was kind of my thing. I was like... There was a beehive at school and I'd go all the way up and like, relax, guys, I got this. Eventually I got stung and then I was <laughs> so scared, so scared of bees. Not into it, yeah. But um, now I'm like pretty cool with them. I mean, I don't want to hang out with them. What about I sharks? I see a bee and I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy. And sharks, what about sharks? Less so because I need someone to, to rationalise it in my brain the way they've done it for bees. Mm. You know? I, feel and, like, and I feel like no that's happening. I think there's it's still more at the intellectual level. Like it's it's more like... I, I, the rational part of my brain understands that sharks are important, but if I come face to face with a shark, I want to kill it. I'll be scared. There's, there's Similar with snakes, sharks though, isn't there? That's true because I have seen sharks before when when snorkeling and such little mm. ones. Yeah, and um, I was I was brave enough to not want to kill it. But then, if you're a surfer um, and there's a shark, you're like, well, fuck. Yeah. Am I going to be a statistic, especially if you're in Western Australia or on the northern coast of northern New South Wales where people kind of get eaten fairly regularly? Like, well, that's the eaten? thing too. They don't there's they a good, there's bit, a good. Right? How many attacks are there a year in Australia? Do you know? I don't know. I think you're more likely to die from things that sound less likely. <laughs> True. Like you're more likely to die. There's, it's one of those statistics. Yeah, give it a Google. I never did get that in. Assistant. There's too many options here. None of them are relevant. Uh, Australia had the most fatal shark attacks last year with six. Right. America had bigger amount of attacks. So America had 33 attacks, three fatal. We had 18 attacks, six fatal. Right. So our sharks are more effective than yours, America. <laughs> How 
How many people die from spiders in Australia? I don't think many people die from spiders anymore. Oh, okay. Um, do you want me to find the number? Oh, okay. Hey, hang on, hang on. What what animal kills the most humans in Australia per year? Hippo. <laughs> <laughs> that is one of those low-key dangerous animals though. It's horses and cows. Yeah. In Australia, horses and cows killed 77 people between 2008 and 2017. That's more than any other animal. Other mammals such as kangaroos weren't far behind, having caused 60 deaths. Well, they, do you know 60. why? Because it's motor Cause accidents. people try and fight. Oh. So kangaroos run on the road and, and jump and break through the windscreen. Actually, my, my good friend, that would be uncle, cows then too, uncle hey? died that way. There, he was driving Fuck. on the south coast and there was a, a really bad storm and it's lightning struck and spooked a bunch of horses in a paddock and they broke out of the paddock oh. onto the road. And the horse, you know, they hit the horse and it came in the car and, and killed him while his poor wife sat next to him. Fuck. Proper horror story. That's fucked up, man. Yeah. How do you, oh, that's fucked up. I don't know how to come back from there. Oh, good, okay. One of my favourite things in the rewatch was that tension between Hooper and Quint on the boat that we spoke yeah. about earlier. Yeah. It was awesome. And they probably are the two extremes, right, of – for lack of a more interesting analogy, a, a, maybe a Democrat and a Republican, like, you know, yeah. they come almost opposing worldviews. It's interesting because Hooper plays, sorry, um, yeah, Hooper plays this rich kid, but he. Yeah. But they, I feel like if that's the idea of his character, they could have maybe done more with that because he seems everything but that. In the way he looks and the way he I was, I was surprised to find that he was rich. Like and it didn't I really add anything like, to it, right? Yeah. Like was that just like a something that carried over from the book that they probably could have lost? Because it didn't seem to be. Part of his character? Yeah. Except the wine bit. I yeah. like the wine bit though because he, he's like, oh, I've oh he brings with, two. He brings a white yeah. and a red to match whatever they're eating. And then, the, and then and Chief is probably there. He's like, cool going to let too. that breathe. <laughs> It's, it's this collection of seemingly irrelevant things that are maybe that what makes it a little bit human. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah because for sure. Well, the mother, the mother of the dead kid, why is she so old? Oh, why does it matter that he's – like there's just a few things like that that seem like, well, why would you do that? And maybe it's just because <laughs> – I don't know. Just, just because. It's the randomness of life, yeah. One thing I was thinking about with Jaws and was particularly conscious of this time around – was just obviously we didn't watch it in 1975, so it's hard to kind of get your head in the mindset of like why, what was it about this that was such like a breakthrough yeah. moment, a, a kind of mind-shattering moment. And people refer to this as the the birth of the modern blockbuster and all that kind of shit. So I, I wanted to look into that because that was something I'd always kind of wondered. And there's a lot of just fluffy think pieces on it, but there doesn't seem to be a lot of – there's just a bit of a vibe going on. Of, oh, yeah, this is the birth of the book. There's a few ingredients that I was able to kind of get my head across. The first being that we alluded to this before, but summer really wasn't a time of movie yeah. movies. <laughs> yeah, this was it's, due for a later in the year release, right? And then they went, hang on, we've got to release yeah. this in summer. How is this going to make – how is this going to punch in, in, in winter? No, who's going to go indoors in summer? You go, you go out to the beach, ironically, in summer. Who's going to go into a bloody dark room in summer? These guys did it. <laughs> and 
they spent a lot on marketing. So they spent $2 million on marketing and unprecedented $700,000 on television, which, wow. you know, You're not, come on, TV. You've you, you got to get a little bit heavier handed with the, come on, you got some sorry. buttons. you got a job to do, right? Wow. You're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, I would say that's astute of me if you want some help. It's very astute on your part. Yeah, You're right. You. I'm learning. I'm learning. I'll get better at this. We've probably got two more episodes. It's all right. I'm a, bu- to... I'm a button man. Yeah. <laughs> You're a button man. <laughs> we, play, we each play a role. So apparently 700 grand was unprecedented on television at the time. Um, it probably bought you a lot in those days. Yeah, these days it doesn't buy you anything. <laughs> and they did three times the number of normal, the number of press and media interviews that they'll typically do. There were Jaws ice cream flavours. So the build-up I think was the big thing, the yeah. build-up. It's interesting, you know, you look back, I think it came up when we did Wizard of Oz because obviously that was a long time ago that, you know, movies now live and die by the opening weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Jaws kind of started that trend, started the the movement that would lead to that trend. And pre-Jaws, I think there was more of this thing of you, you release the movie and you let it just grow over time, <laughs> where now it's the opposite. It's like... It has Make to be the break. first two days. Yeah. Well, it just yeah, otherwise think, it makes way for another film, right? Like they, if it's if you're yeah. not hitting the numbers, you're out. There's something else plugs in. Exactly, exactly. And it was it was this movie that kind of sparked that reformulation of the economy of movies. And yeah, it's fascinating. I, I guess in terms of the content and the experience, it was perhaps more of a thrill ride than other movies movies at the time. Which is which is interesting because Scorsese talks about Marvel movies being more of a theme park ride than a movie, which is a lot of people get offended by. It, but uh, it's probably largely probably true. It's right. not to say that they're not they're not quality. That you can still be a quality experience, but it's obviously not. Yeah. Anyway, that's a whole other topic. But uh, it's interesting because after this, uh, the studios changed their release calendars, so it started becoming yeah. all about summer. Star Wars <laughs> kind of cemented it. They yeah. were May. That's basically summer, right? Well, do you know what was? Um, you know, apparently one of the big drivers from that was the cultural shift to um, malls. So malls were popping over, popping up all over oh. America in that sort of mid seventy period. So if you're living in a in majority of America, you don't have you don't have the beach. So in yeah. summer, you know, there's a swimming pool or there's an air conditioned mall. Yeah, so the right. same way we enjoy going to the cinema on the odd summer day when it's cooking hot everywhere, that was becoming yeah. more of a thing. So, you know, perfect timing, release a movie then and then you've got the that audience. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Drop the kids off, do At some shopping. <laughs> I did that three times today, no and, joke. Oh, yeah, well, that's a, I call that a, <laughs> every day. I've been eating a lot of bread. I had curry. Oh, that'll do it. Um, another interesting one. This was this was early John Williams. Yeah, he had technically done a lot before this, but this seems to be the one that made him John Williams. <laughs> the soundtrack or the the main theme charted in the in the Hot 100. This got to 32, and he did it three times. So he did it, this movie, Star Wars theme that he did later on got to number four. Close Encounters number 13. So. It's pretty bloody amazing. Well, hey, Greg, I've got a question for you on this one. Would, would you say the music is almost the main character in this film? Um, there's a button I want you to press. It's the fourth button up on the right of the dash. 
It's very astute yeah. on your part. Yeah. Was that right? Third up. <laughs> nah. Third up. Yeah. Mm, <laughs> but I thought, I see where you're going. You knew where I was going. How's, how are we doing quarantine uh, quarantine casting? Are you guys staying with us here? Because we're a little over, all over the place. Hey, look, if they're fans or friends, <laughs> I should say, if you're friends of the show, you're, you're on board for the highs and the lows. Yeah, it's true. You're on board. You're on board. Um, yeah, it's, it's very important. Do you know what's um, interesting of the music of this film? Why does it change tone? Like what's with the bum, 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 bum? Of the ah, so this is interesting. Shark chases of Act Two. So something that came up again. I mentioned the other podcast I listened to a while back, Unspooled. I think it was Unspooled, and they covered this movie. They talked about that, and where they kind of land on it, which I thought was interesting. Because side note, what I've noticed about myself is I don't. The thing with the scores is, unless it's something really overt, I don't. I notice I'm very unconscious about it. It's not something I notice as being yeah yeah something obvious for me yeah so so i didn't really pick up on it but i remember hearing before that um that's a thing that people say with this movie and that there is these different there's obviously the iconic theme but if you look at the score overall it's a, it's a bit all over the place and you see traces of what ends up being et or what ends up being um you know other john williams iconic scores later on and it's like it's almost like he was so young too that he was a bit all over the place in the same way that perhaps Spielberg was. The, so that was it. Well, that's not that's not my astute. I stole that. I heard that on another podcast. But well, it's very I mean, astute on their part. It's very astute on their part. Yeah, I'm interested. It's good podcast, Unspooled. Go listen to that one. Yeah, Actually, don't listen to it because it will make us – yeah, don't listen. <laughs> they don't have the buttons that we have that we press. They have less buttons. Press a couple of the buttons just so – Wow. Hey, this this is one. Okay, this is interesting because we did First Blood recently, right? You right? Yeah. <laughs> we did First Blood recently, and we've talked a little bit about movies like First Blood, arguably like the Rocky franchise, where the first one is, or Alien, maybe, where the first one is actually fucking high quality movie, and it evolves into more of a popcorn franchise, and it kind uh-huh. of dilutes the the potency of, of the, the piece of art that is the first one. For some reason, for as silly as the sequels are with Jaws, the first one remains untarnished, I feel. Like it doesn't, it doesn't really seem to, to get tarred with the same brush as the sequels. I wonder why that is. That's true. I hadn't thought of that until you just pointed that out because I kind of lumped them in the same bucket as some of those that you've mentioned. Um, yeah. Because yeah. a lot of people, unless you're highly engaged like we are in, in the those category of movies, a lot of people would be pretty dismissive of First Blood, right? Like I know people that Definitely. would be like, First Blood, like Rambo? Nah, it's not for me. Well, I think it is one of the obvious, um, I guess, consistencies with the 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 actors because George isn't an actor. Yeah. So you don't have like a, like yeah. a Stallone kind of – Driving that, perhaps. I don't know. That's true. That's true. You've, yeah. got, you've got Bruce. That's a good point. Actually, we haven't talked about that. Bruce the Shark. Bruce the Shark. So I didn't realise that the Nemo Shark, Bruce, a.k.a. Bruce yeah. Carney, my son. Oh, it's a, it's a nod. was a nod to the mechanical shark 
in Jaws who they named Bruce after, was it Spielberg's lawyer or accountant or someone? Yeah, Spielberg's lawyer. I didn't make that connection until you said it. Of course, Bruce in Finding Nemo. Yeah. I didn't even Hello. I didn't even get there. Yeah. Fisher friends, not We're friendly. eating fish tonight. <laughs> so Barry Humphreys, is he a yeah. sir? He might as well be. Oh, absolutely he is. Is he? Yeah. Let's get into the verdict, eh? I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I am the law. I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting for? Ah! Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. Nothing further. Your Honor. And that's all I have to say about that. So for me on this one, it's a... It's 100% a rewatch, even if you're a doubter like I was. A little worried, it might be a little bit like, oh, I've seen that, been there, done that. It's very familiar. The tension still finds a way to creep into the, into your brain there. And I think the thing that I, that I like about this movie a lot, which in hindsight is what I like about a lot of the movies we end up liking on this podcast, is that it's sort of a B movie as an A movie. Because that's oh, yeah. something that's come up with Die Hard, it's sort of a B movie. It, it could have easily been a B movie. This could have easily just been a creature feature B movie. Yeah. Um, Total Recall is just a really smart way to do a B movie aesthetic. Like you know, so I think a lot of what I seem to enjoy is Tarantino movies. All Tarantino movies. Yeah. But if a B movie was an A movie, so this idea of taking these things that are traditionally B movies and making them A movies, this that energy is all over this thing. Um, what could have just been a creature feature is this delightful experience with all these characters, full attention, full of full of uh, rich tapestry. Yeah, moments. Simple moments. Mm. That is bloody delightful. It's almost like you've had Mike Judge sort of <laughs> sprinkling some of his mundanities into the, into it the is. moments here. It is. This is like office space by the sea a little bit. Mm, with a killer shark. This shark is Lumberg. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're going to need you to go ahead and eat you now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to ask you to go ahead and go in the water now. Yeah. So you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a good movie. What else? I mean, it's fucking chores. What do you want? It's a good movie. What yeah. about you, Greg? Uh, man, I yeah. love this movie. I I loved it from the moment I turned on my television. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, it's man. Good. Like for all the all the reasons you said, it's it's quite subtle. Before you see a giant fake shark, it's just. These, <laughs> but I think even the fake shark isn't that fake. It's, it's not too right. bad. They they did let, they didn't do too much with it, and the character is amazing. Quint, um, you know, we'll go through yeah. that in a minute. He's a like comes sort of. He's a relatively small part for the. Well, he's barely in the movie until they're on the boat. Yeah, He's got this incredible backstory. Hey, quickly on that, he apparently in like just a couple of years ago, Spielberg hinted that he liked the idea of a prequel that's focused on that, what was it, US Missouri, Missouri or whatever, the which was a true story that he references, you know, when they're comparing scars. Oh. And then he goes in and says I was on that naval ship um, that fought in the Second World War that sunk and then 
like eighty percent of the of the um, of the I was going to say semen. <laughs> say it, sailors. Semen, semen in the water. <laughs> semen um, got eaten by sharks, and so there's like he thought there was a cool prequel story there that focused on Quint. That was only a couple of years ago. Yeah, right. So that is there is a connected Spielberg universe. Oh perhaps. yeah, well, just a prequel, really. But um, yeah, like the, the yeah. At this point, yeah, it's so twenty-year prequel, forty-year prequel. Yeah, yeah, I I loved it. Mm. Five, five, five stars, man. I, I, this is honestly one of my favorite movies. For me, it's probably technically a perfect movie, but emotionally, probably not. Uh, Doesn't hit like the, the notes top for 10 you. For me, I mean, it's still awesome. Don't get me wrong; it's still a good movie. I enjoy it, but it's not a like a. It's probably not one of my all-time. We've done a few that I've realized are my all-times now, like Total Recall and a couple others, but. This this one I have the utmost respect for it. I agree, it's technically pretty bloody perfect, but the just the emotional factor of like my movie maybe not the top five, but you know that sounds negative, but I don't mean it negative. It wouldn't be the first thing I run to rewatch. Like you rewatching it every year, I probably wouldn't do that. Yeah, I haven't watched it for a few. Yeah. I won't watch it for a few more. I'm keen to watch until yeah. again. Do you do you want to go through our things? Yeah, let's go through the things. Did Simpsons do it? Yes. There's like a – I've got a supercut from the YouTube that has a few of them here. I'll, I'll play it. With this hook and this hunk of chocolate, I'll land your boy and I'll clean him for free. <laughs> so it's a prank you're looking for, is it? I'll give you your prank. <laughs> <laughs> Suckers. <laughs> I wonder how that happened. Hey, come on, Sharky. Hey, you want a piece of this? I think the, the nails on the chalkboard has been played out significantly. And I forgot it was from this. That was one I genuinely was like, wait, what? That's the thing. That's part that's, of the, like my love for this film is the cultural yeah, sort of aftermath, fucking call it what you want. This thing is just. Like there's not many Man. films that have had as much cultural significance in both film on, and, on and externally ever. 100%. And I think that's one of the things with the, you know, I can't, we'll never experience what it was like to watch this in 1975. And watching it now, you, you do have a little bit of like, so what's the trope versus what's become the trope? You know what I mean? Oh, like it, is this Spielberg inventing? Tro- I think this uh, takes, most of it this is, takes all is, the chockies, man. creating. Yeah, and if, if, if Simpsons references are a rough barometer for cultural impact, I cut that clip short. It goes for like five minutes. <laughs> like there's so many. For something that it's about a shark, so how many references can you make for, a, you know, a story, mm. a TV show about a family? But there's heaps. So it's just uh, it's, it's just so culturally, real, so culturally impactful. Like this is one of those movies that if you haven't seen it and you watch it, It'll feel so familiar. <laughs> mm. Can you imagine like, not oh, having seen this? From. And then, yeah. I, I was thinking if this, while this franchise did evolve significantly, if it evolved in the same trajectory as Fast and the Furious, it would basically be Sharknado by the time you get to <laughs> yeah. Jaws 10. <laughs> it is. That is almost Jaws what they 10. Want? Porn parody. Uh, I found one by Hustler and it was called This Ain't Jaws. Well, I don't get why that's a 
porn parody, but it was there. So there you have it. Bechdel test, not really. But, hey, a moment for the wife. I did quite like the wife. I think she, she was written out a bit, little bit. She was meant to be more there. She was but definitely I quite liked, more there, yeah. You want to get drunk and fool around? I, I quite like, like that. that. Yeah, I'm glad my that wife was cool. heard it. That was kind of a human moment too. I think I've used that line a few times. <laughs> Just around the workplace and that kind of thing. <laughs> public, public transport. <laughs> the aquarium. <laughs> <laughs> I say it to sharks all the time. <laughs> Special effects. FX test. Yeah, I say yes. Why not? Why not? I think the shark looks all right, man. I think Bruce because was sharks. Sharks look a bit weird anyway. They look a little bit robotic. Like they just because they're not they're not expressive. They're just kind of these large got moving no eyebrows. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, ex- even explosions. He explodes at the end. How about that? Yeah, he Smile, does. motherfucker. What does he say? I can't son remember. Son of a bitch. Ugly son of a bitch. Yeah, there you go. Who's your MVP? Um, I had Roy. But it was, I feel like it's a bit of a vanilla choice, but it was more because I feel like he was my least, going into the rewatch, he was probably the least interesting to me. I was like, I don't really care about him, but I actually liked it, liked his performance a lot more than I yeah. gave him credit for. In the well, past. if it makes you feel any better, I I have the same, the same. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he was just. Uh, so you're going to lead towards Quint there. He, well, he's a he's a very close, um, low key MVP. Yeah, I think, and then know, even Dreyfus, there's this energy that is perfectly balanced energy, isn't it? Yeah, Dreyfus is nice. just weird. He's a weird character, um, and I mm. didn't used to like him, but I kind of understood it more. He's yeah, just kind of dweeby, kind of. Yeah, it's interesting. Eager to please, yeah. Interesting. You could, yeah. I mean, I don't know we've we've said this in other films, but you could almost like I'd just love to see a mini series on all these characters on Amity Island, just going a little bit deeper on that community. Yeah, yeah. And you can have the shark in they the probably background. Fuck, they probably will do the sharks there. <laughs> yeah. The sharks back. Oh yeah, it's like what they do with Gotham. People. Yeah, it's like home, it's like Home and Away, basically. That's where Home and Away started. They say. What? That's how it started. Mm. Was, we just, was that a riff or no? <laughs> no, I'm just making things up now. I've had my like yeah. fourth glass of wine, so yeah, I'm right there too. Hey, well, so we're nearing the end of the show, and we're mid quarantine. Well, we're, we just started quarantine today, <laughs> but when you're listening to this, we're all mid quarantine. Yeah, I hope everyone's doing all right. Yeah, hang um, in there, Sydney ciders. Hang in there, guys. Drink some wine. Uh, in the meantime, follow, hit us up on the Instagram. Why not? Um, what are we doing next week? I think we're doing short circuit. Short circuit, perhaps. Johnny Five. <clears throat> Johnny Five and a man pretending to be Indian. More on oh that yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. We get to tackle some some topics. <laughs> Ooh, topics. I love topics. Ah. All right. Stay. In the meantime, yeah. of course, follow us on the gram. We'll be chatting. We'll be posting and, we, you know, the conversation continues. Uh, but otherwise, we'll see you next week. What? Stay out in the waters. Stay out in the waters. Yeah, stay out in the waters. It's pretty cold. The beach is closed. <laughs> <laughs>